Today's Daily DVR dives into Veronica Mars is sponsored by Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com, our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com slash DVR. Use code Cufflinks20 to get 20% off site-wide. It's the 20th anniversary of Cufflinks.com, and they're celebrating with everyone. So, look good when you step out in the morning. Elevate your style. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code cufflinks20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Veronica Mars Season 3. This is part 2 of a two-part discussion covering Veronica Mars Season 3 as well as basically the whole series. During the whole discussion, I think it took a little bit longer because we were kind of looking back at the whole series as we were talking about this season as well as at the end here, we're going to look ahead and see how the series positioned itself to live on. So please enjoy Part 2 of Ken and I discussing Veronica Mars Season 3. So this second mystery here starts in episode 10 and then basically we're we're out by 15 really. Right. Right? So Which, it's six episodes. It is. And I have to say 10 through 14 I thought had some problems but for the most part I was on board, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the back and forth between is it Mindy? Is it Professor Landry? Is it possibly Tim Foyle? Because he seems so suspicious. Um, is it someone else? Um, but episode 15, which is called Papa's Cabin, um, I hate this episode. In fact, I think it's the worst episode of Veronica Mars ever, which is really sad for me to say. And it's even sadder because it's an, it's the episode where a, a big mystery resolves itself. Um, but I just thought that it, the pacing was off. I thought it was rushed. I thought characters like Professor Landry and Mindy O'Dell were behaving um, weirdly unintelligent. Um, I thought that Tim Foyle boasting at the end in front of the class was also weirdly unintelligent um, so that Veronica would figure out the like that he did it. Um, so... I wish I was a fan of, of episode 15. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the resolution to the mystery on paper. The fact that Tim Foyle killed Dean O'Dell and then effectively framed Professor Landry in a way that made him and Mindy distrust each other to the point where Professor Landry ends up killing killing Mindy O'Dell. So Professor Landry ends up going to jail too for, for another crime, but really it's Tim Foyle that sets the entire chain of events in motion by killing Dean O'Dell and sort of making it look like it was Professor Landry who did it. Yeah. Um, And all because of a bad recommendation. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Like, (laughs) And a bad wig, and, and a bad. Wig. He, he was that. That's how it should have ended. He, he should have been like when they were in the classroom. You know, he went through it when Veronica figures it out. He could have been, and then and then someone suggests that I went to this wig shop. <laughs> you know Veronica's like, that's what it was. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, it was. Sad. And you know what? You're right. You're right, Ken, and definitely. We can look at the first pod, right, up to nine episodes, and we could say, hey, they did the best that they could. There's good and there's bad. 
Yeah. Um, I would have to say that this middle part here is the least satisfying part of the season because yeah. you're right. They either needed to go more or less. They either needed to wrap this up in three episodes, right? right. Like take this last nine or so episodes and do three, three, and three. Like yeah. they could have done this mystery. Um, Keith is Keith is uh, Keith becomes uh, sheriff, and then Keith, you know, and then there's another mystery associated with a run for sheriff, and they could have really played up the Vinnie Van Lowe Irish connection and, and really made that into a full fledged fleshed out kind of conspiracy that yeah. could have even led back as they did in the final episode where they brought back in Duncan's dad. Yeah. Right. Great. For, for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, that could have been a part, right. They could have, there, there seems like there was an attempt to try to keep the series going, but bring back old elements and remind folks that this ser- this series has a life to it. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we got kind of you know stuff that really is not fully fleshed out. And this episode, Papa's Cabin, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was fun to watch for me because. I, I kind of I realized what was going on and that we were going to get a lot of standalone episodes, you know, yeah. um, and uh, well, not really standalone because it's still a very serialized show, but um, they, they had to wrap it up. And you're right. The characters not acting the way they could and all the buildup of of the perfect murder. The yeah. way that it was then explained in the classroom, I understand that aha moment, but it was rushed. It was rushed. And it should have actually been, that scene should have actually been like maybe two or three different scenes. Yeah. You know, where Veronica, slow, it slowly becomes apparent through the le- new lesson he's teaching that he did it. Yeah. Um, but it, we weren't able to do that. Or build up the Professor Landry and Mindy O'Dell relationship so that you become invested in them becoming increasingly paranoid about each other. Yeah, because that that is also as well, um, it, it, it made those two characters and in effect the actors too not look so great. Yeah, you know, for it, sure. you don't, you don't, you don't remember them as well because that episode. You're right; it is a little there. There's some silly stuff there. There is some silly stuff, you, but you got to take it right. Like you, yeah. you, you kind of go on, and there's some silly stuff, but in the end, they had to kind of get it over with. Yeah. And I think once we get out of it, um, and we go on to the next episode, Un American Graffiti which kind of starts out the, what is it? Five episode, kind of five standalone-ish episodes, which really I feel is kind of like, we're real good character episodes. I almost could have taken like, wrap up the serial rapist storyline because you had introduced it at the end of season two. So you were sort of obliged to continue it in a way. And it was kind of deftly handled in nine episodes, I almost would have preferred after uh, after episode nine if they had just done ep- episode ten through twenty 
standalone episodes yeah, with like yeah. with like ongoing character stuff. Yeah. yeah. This um, is like an X-Files situation here, Ken. Yeah. Where it turned like me, a person who is like always for heavy serialization. I love it. I'm never a fan of like a uh, procedural type television. I often find myself enjoying the monster of the week episodes on the X-Files more than I do the mythology episodes. And yep. I feel like you're right about this for Veronica Mars in this situation. And they were in similar um, production situations too. Uh, what they were going through as far as ratings and notes and the, and the networks and everything. Um, I totally agree with you. You're right. If they had just, if I was talking about three, three and three, if they had just simply said, Hey, let's ca- let's concentrate on these characters for the last 10 episodes. And yeah. let's trust that people are going to want to come back for them. And we'll tell them a great mystery. If we get a season four. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you still had really interesting mysteries of the week that you can sort of weave in to the individual episodes. And, and there were some good ones. So, yeah. um, this first yeah. one, I really liked the un-American graffiti and I'll tell you what the actor who plays the, um, the shop owner, yeah. uh, his speech that he gives at the end about what it means to be an American phenomenal. Is phenomenal. And the way that Veronica brings him over to the kid's house instead of going to the cops or getting her dad involved or whatever, right? And like they agree to it and the wife and him come. I just thought that this episode was really great. Um, And, you know, it does have. I thought it was a a sober, um, unsentimental look at. At, at kind of this situation post 9-11 that we've sort of been living in where, where you know, some people look at um, people from the Middle East as, as others. And sometimes it's easy to, like, take your anger out on them, yeah. um, which is what was happening in this situation. Um, because the dude who was doing it, his brother, was severely injured in the war. Um, and someone who was working for the shop was passing out terrible anti-American propaganda stuff. So um, you could sort of understand why the kid was upset. I mean, yes, he took it too far, and it turned out that the shop owner wasn't even involved in that propaganda. So, But I thought it was a really smart, well-rounded examination of um, racism, patriotism, um, humanity. Um, I... I, I agree with you. I thought it was a great episode. And one of the things that's the most interesting about the episode is that um, one of the faults I have to say is in the end, the kid who's handing out the um, the uh, pamphlets, yeah. we don't really get much of an investigation into him, right? Right. Right. And that I found to be lacking, I have to say, since we're analyzing the episode. And it was a weird ending in that it ends up that he reports the kid to Ice, who then takes <laughs> him away at the end. Right? Yes, yes. And in today's present world, that has a very <laughs> different ending, you know? Right. And, and even then, I have to say... um, 
I can't remember my reaction to it when I watched this episode, but I found that to be a little disturbing, but just in not that look, it has to happen if someone's, if someone is breaking a law, right? Sometimes they ice comes, right? I'm not, I don't want to exaggerate on either end for our purposes of this conversation, but um, what I found disturbing only was that it wasn't usually Veronica Mars does a good job of at least giving that person some time. Like, who was that kid? You know what I yeah. mean? It's not often that someone is just kind of like, um, you know, just bad. Well, except the Irish. I guess he doesn't like Irish people either. <laughs> but... Um, I did think, though, it was in line, right, with the with the unique way that Veronica Mars has with dealing with situations like this, because still someone did something wrong, right? Yeah. And there's a kind of like just a cold reality to it in the same way the way, you know, we see our man Weevil always hauled off. There's a cold, there's a cold harshness to this show. And when I, that last scene, when the kid's just in there working and he looks like, you know, a lot like some of my friends and they just come in and grab him, you know, and take him, And that's kind of like interplayed with this speech about America. It was interesting to me. And it also goes, it also though goes to show that even though if it didn't come out the way that I think it should have or perfect or whatever, the show still tried. You know what I'm saying? Like it's still, it still tried. And then it didn't just give you the little like nice speech in the end. It showed you like a real consequence of what happened. And that I appreciated. You know, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, as far as that episode goes, um, and 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 the way that you kind of summed up that it kind of wrapped up, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, so I guess it's fair to say that neither one of us were great fans of the way that the second mystery wrapped up. But then we got the five standalone mystery episodes, kind of interwoven into in in in, in, in the entire in the entire season, but sort of came to a focal point in the final five episodes is kind of these personal character arcs. Um, I kind of want to talk about them, a few of them, a little out of order than the notes we have. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about Max romantic life first. Cause I thought they gave Tina Majorino some, some real material here to, to show different colors. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I mean, usually I would say that showing someone dating, it's probably going to dumb down the character or dumb down the storyline. In this case, I thought it really kind of elevated Max's character and showed us new sides of her, which I ultimately appreciated. Um, how did you feel about, because she ends up dating two guys, two radically different guys throughout the course of the season. Um, how did you feel that those two things were handled? You know what? I really liked it. And one of the things that I liked about this season is, and I know that it may have been one of the kind of mandated things is like the kind of upping the romantic stuff yeah, and, and the relationships. 
And I have to say that I enjoyed it because I love these characters. And if Veronica Mars was a show where the focal point was the these relationships and the mystery take a backseat, I'm for that too. You know what I mean? Like if it was more like a parenthood type show, yeah, I yeah. would have been for that too because I think that that's what makes this show so cool is that it had the social commentary stuff, the hip stuff, uh, like the teen high school college stuff, um, but it also had these romantic relationships, the mysteries. It's well-rounded. And I liked seeing Mac in these situations because you're right. She was always like making choices about not just, oh, is that guy hot or do I love him or whatever? She would make a choice like, is this good for me? Am I growing? Am I changing, right? Am I developing as a person, as a human being? And I really appreciated that. I did too. And unlike with the Parker character at the beginning of the season, they actually do show her dealing with the aftermath of her situation with with beaver yes and dick plays into that the way he's so cruel to her in the the very beginning you know um and then comes back and apologizes but then tries to make out with her a very dick move (laughs) and that's not even a pun it just exists people it's just a dick move it just is right it it is right because Um, he's dick because he's he just he is he's the dude right he's like the dickish dude the dickish dude abides yes um with uh, with uh, a little bit of sexual harassment <laughs> tossed in. I also love the kind of – I love that women in this show generally make um, assertive romantic choices or assertive choices about their romantic life. And so Mac is dating this good guy, great guy. Yeah, good looking, good, great like, shape. Right. He's like, he's like broccoli. He's very good for her. Yeah. But she realizes that she also wants some some thrill and some fun. Yeah. And and so she decides to break things off with him because, well, she doesn't want to cheat on him because that, Mac would never do that. So she breaks up with him long before she mm-hmm. officially goes for anything with this other dude named Max. But Max is also like they had already introduced Max in the mystery of the week where he meets someone and she turns out to be a hooker and blah, blah, blah. And he's also the guy who passes out um, study guides so that uh, people can pass tests. And right. That's how we originally meet him. Right. It's through the study guides. Right. So. um, And Wallace. so he's like a darker character. I'm not really dark, not like not like Logan dark or he's he's but he's he's committing a crime obviously and he's he's benefiting financially from it. Um so but it's great. It's great to see Mac in these two different romantic situations. It's also great to see Mac like saying goodbye to one and also not necessarily saying goodbye to Max at the end of season three, but she does kind of put her foot down at, at, at the end of season three and say, you know, you want this, but I want to continue being me. So I, I, I need this to not be the love shack all the time. So, um, so it's great to see Mac kind of like assert herself in that way and um, kind of reclaim her life in in the wake of what happened with Beaver. Yeah. And that's something, man. Wow, Ken. I can really remember that from college, man. <laughs> I can really remember that. I had a girlfriend in uh, junior year of college. 
she actually she lives out here in Portland now. And uh at some point I think we just looked at each other and said, My God, we never leave this room. You know what I mean? Like we're just <laughs> missing classes. Like when she said that to him, you know, and they were getting the pizza and she was like, Yeah, I'm I'm half naked or whatever. I got panties under this or whatever she says, right? Like, don't get too excited. Like, that's what I love too, is just I mean she is a great character and i love her um she's one of my favorite characters she kind of took over this season for me she was a real bright spot and i was really happy that she was involved more this season um because she is more stable than veronica yeah she is nerdy I yeah. love her nerdiness. And yeah. really, that's kind of why she breaks up. Like, he, it's like she got with the hot guy because she could. And he's a great guy. Yeah. But she was really more attracted to the nerdy guy who was did illegal stuff and had already been involved with uh, Veronica in several ways that probably weren't great. Yeah. But she liked him. You know what I mean? So it was almost like she made a decision with her head, but really it was with her heart. So it's like one of those college type decisions. And then they just end up having like a sexual chemistry. It just brought me back to those hazy days, you know, in (laughs) in the quads of Livingston College at Rutgers. And um, I loved it. And I loved Max. I think he was a fantastic addition to this season too. A real bright spot, the way that they were able to interweave his relationship and involvement with several different mysteries as well as his own. Um, He comes in in the end and helps out with kind of like the whole thing set up for Logan to fail at that computer thing, which is just like, you know, another thing that Logan fails at, right? Right. Which leads him down to getting more angry about Veronica and then who did this to the with the videotape and all that. But really the highlight of that episode for me was the interaction between um uh Max and Mac. That Absolutely. for me was the highlight of it. So I just I loved her and I loved all of the stuff she did. I don't know. I could just go on and on because I was a little negative before, but now I got happy because I, I remembered all the times. And Max, too, he was just like, it was a really cool thing because when you first got to know him, he was like the guy with the illegal tests, right? right and right. he was like a cheat. And it right. was like kind of on Veronica and you as a viewer's radar of, oh, okay, he's in the criminal category. Yeah. You know? And he's going to end up being associated probably with other bad people, but he ends up being not that way. And then the way that Max uh, and Mac have that talk, well, I'm getting Mac, Max, Mac says to him, um, goes through the whole talk with him. And then she's like, but I don't want to stop seeing you. (laughs) Right, right, right. You know? And then he's like, okay. And all the men in this show because this is the way it is in real life when it comes to men and women, the, the, the woman says something and then the man is really just like, okay, I mean, that's the way I am. 
And no, I think that's the way to like, <laughs> like, like ultimately the man is along for the ride and right. Well, I mean, look, and, this is what I try to tell my son and, and, you know, like this is the way the world really is, pal. Um, and I like that that is the way these conversations happen. And yeah. again, it just is right. It doesn't make him look like a weak, bad guy. He is respecting that that is what she's saying, yeah. right? And that's what I liked about his character. That's what I liked about Piz's character, right? Yeah. Because in the end, the thing that really, it is a bunch of consequences, but the thing that gets Monica and Piz together is that Piz just keeps on going on with his life. When Veronica says, this is the way I want to, I, this is how I feel about a relationship. He acknowledges what she said, accepts it, and then goes on with his life. Yeah. He doesn't challenge her all the time, right? Which is what I always didn't like about Logan. And I guess that is a type of relationship. But me personally, when I see that, it just I just see trouble, which is what Logan and Veronica are. They're trouble. Right. Uh, I agree with you. My favorite line actually about the Mac stuff is during that episode when Logan's doing the computer stuff and they're helping him is at one point he starts to leave the room where they're in. And he was like, I'm going to leave you two alone to decide which one of you is changing your name. (laughs) (laughs) So they're, so that they're not Max and Mac, (laughs) (laughs) which is a little difficult to say. (laughs) I'm like pausing because I'm like Mac, Mac, Max. Yeah, it is kind of confusing. But yeah, those they that was a real highlight to me, yeah, of, me too. of this of this uh second uh, third kind of pod of episodes. The other highlight for me of the season and I just wish there'd been more of it is I thought they did some really interesting stuff with Wallace. Um particularly the him deciding to to take a step back from basketball to focus on engineering. Um, that entire episode, I thought, was a real highlight for Wallace and the actor who plays him. Um, it also reminded me of college when you're in a situation where you go to college. Before you get to college, you think some often you think this is what I want to pursue. This is what I want to do with my life. And then but then you actually get there and you're faced with the complexity and the complication of studying and, and playing. In his case, he was being pulled between basketball practice and doing these long study nights for difficult classes like engineering classes. Um, and so the, the way the writers handled that, that storyline I thought was great. And it showed different shades of Wallace's character. My only complaint is that I wish he'd been given even more material later on in the season. Um, But like the first three or four episodes, five episodes where he sort of presented with that conundrum, I thought was really good stuff for him. Yeah. And I wish that they had, they abandoned a lot of stuff um, that, and, and, they didn't really have to because they brought some stuff back, right? Which was yeah. cool. They still were able to bring some stuff back this season. I wish that they had brought back like this stuff with his dad, his mom, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, and been able to focus a little bit more on that. Uh, yeah. but 
generally, I thought that Wallace this season presented a good, as a good friend to Veronica. He was yeah. there a lot. When he did get involved, he continued to be an individual and yeah. make kind of surprising and interesting decisions. Um, yes. And also to just – one of the things I like about Wallace is that he's kind of like – a lot of people around Veronica, they act either like kind of suspicious or like she's suspicious of them. And Wallace is always unabashedly himself. Yeah. Um, and even when it comes down to like his involvement in secret society and whatnot, um, he they uh, they dealt with that in a cool way. I love Wallace. And also, he's the one who wins the prisoner um, prison guard competition. It was his idea to move the clocks back. Yeah. So um, the prisoners win against Logan's – I mean, the prison guards win versus Logan's prisoners in, in, in that one episode at the beginning of the season. Um, and that's mainly because of Wallace, which kind of shows his intelligence, which I don't think always gets highlighted – on the show, the fact that he's an intelligent guy. Um, so uh, yeah, good Wallace stuff. I just wish there had been more. So then we go from two highlights, Mac and Wallace. I don't know how you feel about this Axel, but I have to tell you Keith's romantic life storyline was a real, it, it was a real loser for me. Um, I did not enjoy the storyline. I did not feel like there was any chemistry between him and um, Laura San Giacomo. Um, I didn't like necessarily the choice. I didn't think the choices Keith made made any real sense to me. I did like the way it wrapped up. I thought that seemed like Keith to me. But the the entire storyline with him and the married woman, I thought seemed um, like a real loser to me. Uh, yeah, it was not um, – I think it was an effort to include Keith in the kind of character build-out, romantic build-out of yeah. the overall uh, series or, well, season. And it did not come out that well, but I have to say that at points I <clears> – <throat> excuse me, at points I did find it compelling – Okay. Um, and the reason why I found it compelling is because I always enjoyed the interplay between Veronica and Keith when it came to his romantic involvements. True. I always think that it's an interesting way of showing Veronica's age, showing her vulnerabilities. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, I love their relationship. So. Yeah. Though, and you know, you read, um, I, I was able, again, I think our friend Donald, uh, had, uh, had, um, tweeted at me a while back about how a lot of people feel that this season kind of ruined Keith's character, um, and made him do certain things that kind of went against his kind of good guy image, you know, and maybe even a little bit started last season, um, but uh, like with helping out the mayor and such, right? With yeah. that girl in the bed. Um, but I think that that's, that laid the foundation for some of these decisions. And um, I actually didn't, it didn't really bother me that much. 
I thought they did a decent job of it, but I do agree that uh, there wasn't real chemistry there. So the kind of focus of the relationship was supposed to be like this forbidden love. And I really didn't see it. But then again, they didn't give it a lot of time. You know, she just kind of showed up and it was obvious what was going to happen. Um, but I mean, also he was a great, he's a great actor, so he He did good with it. Um, but I don't think it really, as far as Canon goes and like his character, I thought that, you know, it showed a side of him that I thought was actually kind of interesting. I agree with you. And they had already established through season one and two that he was willing to date and that he was willing to become involved with other women. Um, first the counselor and then Wallace's mother. Um, so they had already established that Keith dated and was willing to date, um, and didn't mind necessarily the complications that that might bring to his relationship with his daughter. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think it all fits in the canon too. The one thing that at the beginning of the season, the way they kind of swiftly dealt with what seemed like it was going to be a bigger deal with Kendall Casablancas and the fighting Fitzpatrick's yeah. and him being out in the desert. And, and the, <laughs> the way they wrapped up that storyline with kind of, cause they kind of built it up with the cliffhanger last, the end of season two with him opening the briefcase and like what's in there and what's he helping her with. And for it to be, for it to turn out the way it turned out. I wonder if that was one of the things where Rob Thomas had a plan, but because of the the way the season was going to be broken up, he just thought I need to abort this plan. So then he just quickly got rid of the storyline. Cause I, that's I how it so. felt. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think so. I think so. And I think that a lot of Keith this season, um, like I was super happy to see him become the sheriff again. Yes. But then Hallelujah. It, but but then I felt like they didn't re- – it was just kind of glossed over. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I wanted there to be more about that. And I mean what it meant to the first season and the second season and the cases and the other people, right? Yeah. Um, and like the community of Neptune. Um, yeah. But they just didn't get into much of that. Um, and it just became really more of a vehicle. And then he, and then that, that's the point at which I do feel that there was an adjustment to his character that I became a little uneasy with, like, and maybe even a couple of conversations with Veronica could have solved this, but I felt like when he became sheriff, he had to become, you know, the cop guy. Right. Yeah. Um, but we had not seen to go on this whole journey, knowing that when we started off the show, he was disgraced and blah, blah, blah. It just seemed like they, there, there was an opportunity there to play with that. And like, I'm acting like this because, and just get, they get into a little bit, but just kind of dive deeper into it. Yeah. So I do feel like Keith kind of got the short shrift this season. Um, and a lot of the times, I mean, especially when you, I, I mean, I had even forgot about that running out of the desert. And then all of a sudden he's just home. Um, right. And, and then, then, and then they never talk about it again. Well, I like, think it's like eight, it's like 
episode 13, he runs into one of the Irish and says right. something, yes. right? Like, yeah, your but, brother probably has it when he left me in the desert. Right, right. But that's not a great resolution. No, like, not at all. Not at no. all. No, that's why I'm saying. Like, they only mention it once very brief. You know, it's almost yeah. like a joke. It was almost kind of like an in-joke, you know? Right, um, right. If, I mean, maybe an attempt to kind of keep the world intact. But, um, yeah, it was too bad. And when we get to the finale here where um, Veronica, do you want to talk about that now? Taking a little break from Ken and I to remind you to go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code cufflinks20 and save 20% off on their 20th anniversary sale. Cufflinks.com has everything you need. Now, you know what? Fall is coming. And you know what happens in fall? Weddings. So if you're having a wedding, go to cufflinks.com because they have all the stuff that you need. Maybe you're even just thinking about looking good when you start a new job or you start at school. Get a cool tie. Who doesn't like a tie? I got a bunch of cool ties from cufflinks.com. I'm going to be giving them out on the show. So keep listening. Cufflinks.com slash DVR. Go there today. Use code cufflinks20 to save. And congratulations, cufflinks. Happy 20th anniversary. Yeah, let's talk about the bitches back because okay. it's great. It's it, a great episode. It's a great episode, but it has the ending of yeah. this kind of of uh, Keith's journey here and how this season was very – had a lot of tests for him and Veronica, maybe even more so than previous seasons, right? Yeah. Not only involving his romantic relationships – but the cases they were working on him kind of consistently telling her to, you know, like she's thinking all about the FBI and all this. And he's very happy about that. But also in earlier in this season, he's more encouraging her to be a college girl and just have fun. Right. And yeah. kind of live her life. Um, but it turns out that this leads up to her not voting for him to be sheriff because she wakes up and finds out that he's being indicted for erasing information on a hard drive, which we saw that he actually did. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so um, that's a real crossroads to me. I love the episode, but that final, that finale, <clears throat> sorry, that final scene left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because of the reasons I'm talking about, which is I felt like that wasn't really developed so much. And it was just kind of thrust upon us at the end. Yeah, I agree with you about about that aspect of the episode and and kind of all all, all the key stuff you've been talking about in general. Um, uh, it didn't leave such a bitter taste in my mouth that it um, – spoiled the rest of the you know 44 minutes um of the of what i thought was like vintage veronica mars no no um, not at all not at all and i yeah. know that also ken that was also a ploy to get season four exactly and i can't blame them for that right for sure like for sure. and and now in watching back i know that i know what follows that we're gonna get more right so i'm yeah. not unhappy but putting myself as a viewer in 2007, I would have been very disappointed. Even then, I would have probably known, oh, they want to leave a cliffhanger, you know? 
and and it's kind of unresolved. And I would also always give them the benefit of the doubt. And I agree with you that the way that episode played out was a lot of fun. Um, But it was still to me in reference to Keith and Veronica and their relationship unsatisfying to me because I just it it could have been satisfying. Yeah, even it was a great scene, idea. Even the scene where she comes home and he's pouring out gumbo. Yeah, like <laughs> like like that could have been like that's the scene where he should have said, um, "This is what I did." Yep i I erased and they it. could have had it out, and they could have talked about right. all the stuff that had happened they that could've. season and the changes they'd been through and yeah. her relationships and his it's like they weren't checking in with each other as much, right and once yes. he became the 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 sheriff their their distance was growing, but we can only say that now because they never made reference to it in the show. The other thing that could have been happening, but once again, it's ultimately a fault because Rob didn't spell it out or spend any more time with it, is maybe from Rob's point of view, this is a drawback of having a single father versus a single mother. Mm, like, yeah, interesting. Maybe the single father of a daughter is a little more reluctant to have certain conversations, um, particularly this single father with this daughter. So, but if that's the case, if Keith is, feels reluctant to have certain conversations with Veronica because he's a single father and she's a girl, then, then, I mean, that's cool. That's interesting kind of, and and that's something I'd love to dive into, but then Rob needs to give us more of that. Yeah, definitely. Definato, man. Yes. Uh, let's talk about, we're going to talk a lot more about the bitches back when we talk about Veronica and Logan at the end, but for a, a few more minutes, let's go back and talk about something that we've already mentioned before, which is Ryan Hansen's performance as Dick Casablanca's this season. Um, you know, I, here's another fault, I guess, of the truncated season. It could have been that what Rob was trying to do, Rob Thomas was trying to do, was to say that Dick was leaning into the debauchery for the first three-fourths of the season as a crutch and as a um, – he was self-medicating yeah, uh, because of everything he wanted to forget, his father, Beaver, the whole thing. But – then you need to give us more, Rob. Like you need to you you need to give us scenes with Dick by himself or Dick with 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 another person talking with another person, so that it's clear that that's what you're doing. Um, because it kind of came off most episodes like he was just comic relief. Um, so then when you do get the scene between him and his father. Um, I don't know, three episodes to the end or maybe the penultimate episode. Um, that's a great scene between him and Dick Sr. Um, and Ryan Hansen turns in a fantastic performance in that scene. Also the stuff with him and Mac, the stuff with him and Logan, like the scene where he comes back into the room and says, hey, and, and Logan's on the phone, but he comes back into the room and he's like, did you try to talk my brother off jumping off the building? Like that's, that's gold. That is pure gold for the Dick Casablanca's character for him to say something like that. 
Um, and it's what you would think someone who's a living, breathing human being would say at some point, like would wonder about, yeah. like, did you try to stop my brother from killing himself? Yeah, but, I it, think that Dick, for me, this was really, I I agree with you that like with Keith, if there had been more buildup than the yeah. eventual kind of payoff or or money scene or like uh emotional scene would have had more um more resonance yeah um but i and i do think a lot of it came off as the college guy the funny guy and that's who he had always been and not a good guy though and that's right. what i like that they finally challenged that and though it came towards the end i kind of felt like um I kind of felt like they kind of owed it to him. Like yeah. they had kept this character around for so long. Why? You know, like show us why. And they yeah. did. And I like that. So overall, my opinion of Dick this season was that I came to understand and remember why people have an affinity for this character uh, and why he was kind of like a fan favorite, even though he was a terrible person. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> really which is, terrible. Which is very really. Veronica Mars. Yeah. And, um, and the actor too, who was like kind of born to play this role. And yeah. I guess is kind of, is this guy in many ways. Um, or like, I know there's this whole, one thing that we're not covering is, uh, the books, which I still have one of the books. I haven't started yet. I'm reading another book, but, um, the, uh, the, the web series, that they did get me more dick or what it's called where <laughs> right. he plays yeah. himself trying to get the character to have a spinoff show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we're going to cover it. Did you see that? I did. It's been a while. It's been, I mean, I haven't seen it since it first dropped, which was a number of years ago. So I'd have to go back and look at it again to kind of refresh myself. But yes, I did see it at the time and I thought it was, um, I thought it was hilarious and I thought it showcased Ryan Hansen as an actor and like it showed us like how talented he really is. But it also showed us kind of like that he is sort of Dick, like, like he has a lot of similarities <laughs> with Dick Casablanca's. Um, but go. still, I mean, he's a great actor. So, yeah. um, but all yeah, I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say all in all, I enjoyed that they gave him an opportunity to have more depth there. I agree. I couldn't have said it better. Um, so I guess the last thing we're going to talk about, because it was such a focal point of the entire season, regardless of what the mystery was or the mystery of the week. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Piz more in, in this conversation, but kind of at one point, Veronica, of course, aptly describes her relationship with Logan as a roller coaster to Mac, which of course it was. Um, and um, there's really no other way to describe their relationship. Um, so let's talk about Veronica Logan. I know you're not a huge fan of either him as a character or them as a couple, um, even though you sort of have stated earlier in this conversation that you saw shades of Logan this season that made you think, huh. Um, but I... I'm completely invested in this relationship and I saw things, especially on the rewatch that make me, that made me even more convinced 
that they're destined to be together always. <laughs> <laughs> you took it right off the top. You were like, I thought you were going to be like even more convinced that there is a deep connection between. No, you're like destined to always to be together. Uh, this season, I like. I actually like. I'll say again, I liked the relationship stuff this season. I yeah. liked the Logan Veronica stuff this season because yeah. I felt like I. I it took a little too long for the Piz stuff to come to the forefront. Yeah. But I know there was other stuff going on. And for a long period, there were long stretches when other mysteries were happening. And I think more in the first part of the season where they were just kind of, it was just kind of there. Right. Yeah. Um, but I kind of liked it, and I thought it was a, a, it was more up and down, which it is a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, Veronica was more open about it. Um, I like the way that Logan really did add depth this season, and they kind of dropped, even though he still was the poor rich boy. Um, it became more about him, right? And less about his his circumstances and his social standing, it yeah. became more about the choices he made. Um, but I still have to say I don't think they're good for each other. Uh, I think that they're the type that needs to go away from each other for many years, um, which maybe they do. Who knows? There's a movie, um, <laughs> and uh, and maybe become a little bit more different before they could be together again. Um, I take all your points. Um, I, (laughs) I disagree with most of them. See, I actually think, and this, and this brain surge came to me when I was rewatching the third season a few days ago is I actually think the real problem and the real root of the roller coastery nature of their relationship is that they're too much alike. Um, yeah, that I could. Maybe that's true. Maybe maybe that's true. Because maybe I think right. she's just as ruthless and selfish and self interested um, and righteous as he is. Um, I think they show it in different ways. I think he's a lot more physical about his anger and his resentment. Um, but she's just as angry and resentful. Um, she's also just as mistrustful of both uh, human nature and goodness as he is. She's just as pessimistic as he is. Um, so I, I actually think that's the real problem is that they're too much alike and that there's not enough of a counterbalance in their relationship um, where one's like more of a nurturer and the other one's more needy. Mm. Um, That's a good so. point. I, I like that because you're you're right, Ken. Too this season did bring out a a, dar- a darker side to Veronica too. Yeah, she was like we were like I was saying before, uh, very affected by what had happened in the first two seasons. Yeah, and also immediately is thrust into more stuff at college and with all the romantic stuff and not being able to kind of trust Logan, you know, and, and which is always a thing. Do I trust Logan? Um, I don't, don't trust him. 
Um, I think, <laughs> don't listen again. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it did bring out, uh, interesting points in both of them. I guess in the end, I just find when Logan is those callous moments and maybe it's Veronica Mars too. Um, she, you're right. She does have a callousness to her. And uh, a, a, a kind of, as we see too in the way that her relationship goes with Piz, she's yeah. totally oblivious to the fact she's all like, oh, Parker's upset because Logan like didn't even think about the fact that he was going to be away from her for three months on his trip with Dick. And then she's all like, uh, and then Piz is like, oh, hey, I can get a, what was it, Pitchfork? I'm going to get an internship yeah. with Pitchfork, and yeah. it's in New York. And she doesn't even consider that she's doing the same thing. And yeah. I thought that was great. And exactly like you say, they're like the same kind of person. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or that scene when Logan calls her and she just lets it go to voicemail. Yeah. Like, and he sees her do it. But like th the idea that someone that, you're in a romantic relationship with who you supposedly love um, calls you and you're not in the middle of something. You're just in the cafeteria and you let it go to voicemail. That's kind of a Logan move. Like that, <laughs> that, that would be like the, the sort of choice that you yeah. would think Logan or Dick would make if some girl was calling them. The fact that Veronica lets it go to voicemail. It's like, well, it's still kind of a dick move, but Veronica Mars is making the dick move. Yeah. So, and that's a part of her character. That's a great point. Um, that is a great point that Veronica Mars, part of what we have always loved about her is that she's tough. Yeah. And part of her toughness and part of her realness is she is unsentimental. Yes. And she is not very romantic. No. And when she gets involved in all of these different romantic uh, relationships, often it's begrudgingly. Yes. You know? For sure. And, yeah. um, and we know that she's just a freshman in college and went through a terrible experience in high school and changed. And, and you know, now her, the first love of her life is on some beach in some hidden area after calling in a hit on her other on the on the father of her <laughs> okay it's getting confusing but anyway she's had a time you yeah, know and that's something that comes through this season and it comes through right till the very end oh uh, my god in this episode let's talk let why don't you talk about the bitches back cuz you really love this episode I do. It's my favorite episode of the season. It's probably in my top five Veronica Mars episodes of all time. Um, it's like, it's everything you want from a Veronica Mars episode. It's, it's fast paced. It feels actiony and she's on a mission. It's kind of like the episode where she wakes up at the beginning of the episode. She's like, today's the day I find out who raped me at the, at Shelly Pomeroy's party. And I'm not going to stop until I find out who did it. She questions all these people. It's kind of like that episode which was also a great episode um a trip to the dentist um 
so it reminded me a little bit of a trip to the dentist in the in the sense that she's ultra focused on finding out who put out this sex tape or sexy tape of her and Piz where she gets naked. Um, and so she has to go talk to a bunch of dudes who don't like her. Uh, the first one being Chip Diller, who we've already been introduced to multiple times throughout the season. He has, a, and he had actually been introduced at the end of season two. So he has a long history with Veronica. Um, but you get to see like vengeful focused Veronica. Um, and I love that. I like that's the most compelling Veronica Mars to me. Yeah. When, this is a great when, episode, dude. And even though it's weird that Jake Kane comes back, it is weird. Um, I still like that he's now like this kind of crazy, like they, he's like, he's a little bit different too, not maybe a little bit, but you can see how the, the times have changed him as well. And that's what I kind of like. You're right. This episode was a return to form. It had no more that those kind of noirish elements, the yeah. competing sides were evident, right? Yes. Um, and it was a little convoluted. Uh, it, it, it involves personal relationships as well. It's, it was kind of messy, but it was fun and I really enjoyed it. And it took me, even though I knew it was the finale, it's still kind of some elements of it on the rewatch kind of like surprised me and kept me into it. Um, the castle. Ooh. Well, I mean, I agree with you that it's a, it's super convoluted that they brought Jake Kane back. But if the reason, but if for no other reason, I love that they brought Jake, Jake Kane back so that we could get that moment when she broke into the house and she's walking down the hallway and she looks to her left and she sees this portrait of, of Lily yeah. on the wall. Yep. And her, Kristen Bell's facial reaction to seeing the portrait of Lily when she wasn't expecting to see a portrait of Lily Kane and the kind of the, and just the, the painting itself was sort of stunning. Um, Cause it kind of captured Lily. Um, if, if, if the only reason why they brought back Jake Kane is so that we could get that moment, then, then I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. Then I yes, that, it's, Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I, I think it's important stuff because yeah. they were trying to get another season but they're yeah. trying to bring back the memories of what made the show great. Um, these kind of detective noir elements that's sometimes confusing but fun that takes you on a journey that is about being with the characters and being immersed in the world yeah. and is, is hyper-realized. This episode was like that. I think it's like hyper-realized. That's the word that comes to mind. Yeah, uh, it's like almost magical realism in a sense, right? Like yeah. it was, it, it had that that noirish feel, um, and the whole part uh, with Logan beating people up, it was just so Chinatown, and like that, it, it that element is crazy too. Um, and w the last apology to Piz is so weird. But it works, and Piz never looks happy the whole time that he's talking to him, yeah. right? Um, and the way the cafeteria just keeps exploding there in the middle, yeah. 
it's really interesting stuff and it's set it there's real set pieces and i really think they went out even though i was even though i do not like the end i do think that they kind of went out on a high and i think that it did it did them well because it established and these five episodes actually in looking back and and kind of looking at this through the lens of looking at this whole series now, right? Mm-hmm. We've spent the past three weeks watching and talking about the whole series, and this is really the end of the series. Right. And when you look back and you see the way the television landscape changed and how they then got into using Kickstarter and social media and fan focused stuff. And even I remember reading about people sending Mars bars to try to get the show to come back even after it was canceled and like Comic-Con stuff that they all dressed up, um, all that kind of stuff that was going on. Um, they really, this episode, the fact that they brought that stuff back and the fact that they kind of went for broke with this and just didn't do kind of like a throwaway, boring, like puttered out yeah. episode probably yeah. set the tone for this story to be able to continue and to have the books and the movie and now the new series. So this is an important episode and it really showed me I was kind of surprised too upon watching it and remember like there's all so much going on. Yeah. Um, after you had a lot of episodes where, yeah, they had a lot of stuff going on and there's stuff that right. Like it's not a standalone mystery because this, this stuff, uh, the sex tape happens. What in je- it's really just the episode before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it does kind of continue through. Um, but they really went for broke and you could see the way that this could have also been pushed out to have those three other episodes encompass it. Yeah. You know, agreed. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the FBI stuff and then probably wrap up with, with this conversation about the FBI stuff. Um, they were, Rob was really smart about kind of, layering in this idea almost right from the beginning or at least a very early episode of season three where professor landry uh tells veronica about an opportunity to intern over the summer at the fbi and that only his best student he only recommends his best students and blah 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 but the idea that veronica would work for the fbi is sort of mentioned very early in season three. And then there's lots of references to this thing about her and the FBI. And then I think it's in the final episode that she gets word that she does in fact, get the internship for the summer at, at, at the FBI. Yes. To Piz's dismay. (laughs) Of course, because of course, because of course, because now he's staying in Neptune. Yeah, because. and who I had no idea what was going on because they have such great communication. Um, <laughs> you know, didn't even know what was going on with the girlfriend that he's desperately in love with and making huge life decisions about. Right. Um, but the but the fact is is that he shouldn't have been because guess what? She wasn't, and she's kind of unapologetic about it, which I appreciated, by the way. Right, yeah. like that was his choice. She, That's right. She was living the relationship as it was. 
Um, yeah. He didn't have to make that decision. But yeah, they do a great job of laying down the FBI stuff. They intertwine it with not with the first and second mystery. And then yes. they bring it up again in these standalone episodes at the end. They bring Veronica up and have her take the detective test. And yeah. she takes over Mars Detective Agency, which is a, a thing where, right, because Keith becomes sheriff. But then for a few episodes, she answers the phone and says, we're not open for business. Yeah. And then she just decides to take the test. There's some competition. Keith gets a 97, right? She got a 95. And then at the end, when she gets into the FBI, he says, this really makes up for your horrible score, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was a great line. And in the midst of their kind of not getting along so much this season, they got along, but I just felt like there, there wasn't as much of a connection. And that's, you know, that happens when you go to college. Um, I loved that that he said that and she kind of laughed at it. I thought that that was really cute. But um yeah, later they ma- they actually ended up making a what was it? A 12 minute um yeah. pitch that's yes. on YouTube and we suggest everyone go out and watch it. Uh, I'll try to put it in the show notes I can of this episode cuz we're going to talk about that as well as the movie because they show us like two ways uh, that the show went. And, um, but I thought that it would have been a stretch to jump directly into her being in the FBI, but in next season being like, Hey, I decided to kind of like stay in New York and continue the internship. Yeah. Would have been interesting. Or they could have done a time jump. Yeah, I they see that's the part that I feel like I could understand why they didn't like the network didn't go for probably more so because they wanted to do new things. They canceled a lot of shows at this time, yeah. right? Because the CW was really finding itself and becoming something different, which now it's like I mean, it's a lot of Marvel show, not uh DC shows, I should say, yeah. not Marvel. Um but uh I don't I don't know. I I would have found that to be a little jarring. She could have pulled it off because she's a unique actress. She still looks exactly the same. Right. She does. I mean, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, does. and she had like a couple kids too, I think. Right. Like, she I has. mean, she's amazing. She looks exactly the same. Um, so maybe they could have pulled that off, but, um, I like though that you're, that we're going to talk about it and that you're mentioning it because it gives us, they always wanted to kind of give you the idea that no matter what happens, this place is still exists and alive and it continues on. Yeah, for sure. Well, my friend, um, if I could wrap up season three in a sentence or two, I guess I would say that I, I experienced my lowest lows of the series in season three. Um, whereas season one and two were pretty maintained plateaus, if not high points. Um, but having said that about season three, I also experienced some really great highs in season three. So especially some great character highs. I thought the first mystery was expertly handled and ended 
perfectly on a high note was the resolution of the, the first mystery. Um, and I thought some of the character stuff with Mac and, and Dick and Logan and I, and even Veronica and Keith had some moments where I just thought this is a continuation. Like you just said of the world that, of these characters and these relationships. So to me, the high points felt even higher on rewatch than they did the first time I watched them. Um, and maybe the low seemed a little lower though. So, um, so it was a complicated season for me, um, a little controversial for me, but I still love, I mean, obviously I love the show. I love the characters. And like I said, some of the highs seemed even higher to me. So I guess that's my ultimate take on season three. How about you? Yeah, I think that it in the face of a lot of um, production, uh, development, money, uh, changing networks in a sense of a network merger, changing landscape of television, they were still able to put together a very fun and satisfying season of TV with fun mysteries, great characters, great development. It wasn't as full nor as ambitious as the second season. And it definitely was not a whole as the first season was such a perfect whole. Um, But they were still able in the end, I think to rescue this world by putting a lot into these final five episodes, one thing I have to like hand to Rob Thomas and the whole crew is that they they knew this show was really probably going to get canceled, right? And yeah. they could have just blown off the last five episodes. And this happens a lot, just doing, hey, we got to do it. You know what I'm saying? But they said they believed in it, and I really feel like with the final episode, it gave it gave that the just the wackiness of it. Gave the kind of impetus to tell more of this story and have people get interested in it. And the ending, which I don't like, really probably helped them in the end. Because it it was like, you know, always leave them wanting more. And they did. They pulled the old uh, Costanza. You know, I'm out. They hit the (laughs) joke and they're out. Um, And uh, this has been great talking about it with you, man. Next week, like I said, we're going to cover the movie and we're going to cover the FBI. Let's do the FBI thing first, then we'll get into the movie. Um, And yeah, that's available on YouTube, people. You can look it up. Just look up Veronica Mars FBI. You can watch it. It was released on the DVDs. Um, Actually, I have it on the special feature. I can watch it too. Um, But I didn't upload it to YouTube. That wasn't me. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble with the corporations. Um, And then we'll start talking about season four, which I am completely unspoiled on. Uh, That is one thing that I've remained. And maybe next week I'll do a little bit of light reading so we can kind of preview season four. But I really have no idea anything. I've stayed away from it all because I just wanted to immerse myself in the text that exists. Yeah. I've done the same thing. I have no spoilers for season four. I know nothing other than that it's being revived and that some of the characters are coming back in addition to Veronica and her father. Um, So I know nothing. I know nothing about story. I know I know some of the actors who are going to be in it, but I don't know who they're playing and I don't know 
I don't know what the storyline is. So all I know is that it's coming back and there's eight episodes on Hulu that's that drop July 26th. So, um, and that's the way I want it because I want to go in fresh and I want to be surprised. And um, because this is a sort of show where you really want to be surprised, like, because yeah. it's a mystery show. Yep. So a uh, surprise is good. Um, it is. It's, it's been great chatting about these three seasons of television. It's been, a, I mean, especially season one and two, a real high mark for television at a time when television was sort of entering a renaissance, a new renaissance, a new golden age, as as they said. Um, it was right at the beginning of that um, because Lost and um, kind of took off um, in 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 the years after Veronica uh, went off the air, but um, it's been a, it's been a treat talking to you, and I look forward to talking next week about the movie, the FBI thing, and then of course talking about the new episodes in a few weeks. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Ken. One thing which we haven't said yet, and I really do believe this, we might be talking more than just season four. Because with the way the streaming services are and the dedication that everyone involved with this has shown that they're still going at this, right? This started in 2004. Yeah. It's 15 years. They're still happy to be playing this, these characters and he's happy to be writing it. I guarantee you that if Hulu gets good numbers, there's going to be a season five. And who knows? There might be a season five with like twelve episodes. Yeah, exactly. Instead of eight. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You never know, or movies, or whatever. They're they're gonna do it, and because the good place is ending as well. The oh, good I place. Didn't know that. Yeah, I, th- I think they're shooting it now. The final season is uh, the next season, which makes sense. And I still encourage everyone, and you can, to go watch the good place. It's so fun. It's so awesome, and. Kristen Bell is very much like Veronica Mars. She has that same kind of attitude, except yeah. it's like way more Florida and more funny. So <laughs> you like it. I think I'm pretty sure she's from Florida. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, now that I'm done rewatching Veronica Mars, I have some time yeah. and I, I think I'll, I'll catch a few of those episodes. Yeah, that's right, man. Hey, that's a lot less TV to watch. Then 22 episodes, we only have to watch the movie and a 15-minute short for next yeah. week. That's a lot less. Sure We is. can fit in some other stuff. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for all the feedback. I've gotten a lot of tweets and emails. People are enjoying the podcast. We really appreciate that. We really love it. And it's definitely going to pick up. It's kind of fun to be doing this now because some people are talking about Veronica Mars. Like I tweet something out. People respond, oh, yes. But then when the new episodes hit, it's going to be a whole different world. And yeah. I think a lot of people are going to listen to these, that podcast that we're doing, like in a bunch right before those hit. And the way the world is now, it's going to be like probably like three days before everybody's going to realize, oh, holy shit, Veronica Mars, new season in two days, right? And then everyone's going to go crazy for Veronica Mars. So yeah. we appreciate all the listens and the downloads and all the positive encouragement. And uh, that's all for now. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out.